1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check us out on Off the Floor, winnow.app, backslash Off the Floor. $3.05 per month, free for the first week. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, We're in hurricane season. It may not seem like it, but you never know when a storm is going to come. Make sure you get your storm windows for our friends over at All Pro Construction Builders. Go to All Pro Construction Builders or allproconstructionbuilders.com. Reach out to our guy, Danny, and his family at 305-484-4429. That's 305-484-4429. They can do the storm windows, the storm doors. 10% off if you mention five reasons. 10% off. They also can do the renovations. We know how hard it is to find a house these days. Why don't you just renovate your own? Reach out to Danny and his team. Huge Miami Heat fans. They're locals. They're based in Miami, but they service Monroe County and Broward County as well. 305-484-4429. That's All Pro Construction Builders and AllProConstructionBuilders.com. And now, today's
0: episode.
2: Down to Biscay. Yikes. Yikes five
3: on the floor ride for my dogs here's the thing you can check the score hustle
2: hard couple scars rain bubble frogs just like Buck they said you in trouble y'all kept the floor play got it all banned y'all seen the block stopping one hand impact we trust it's about to have the guts we're here to bring the heat y'all can
0: hang it up Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus
2: others from the Five Reason Sports Network.
1: All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me, Ethan J. Skolnick, on Five Reasons Sports. Got Alex Toledo. You can follow me at Tropical Blanket. Brady Hawk, you can follow up Brady Hawk 305. All three of us were at Miami Heat Media Day today. And then Greg Sylvander for some outside perspective. Four of us are going to go through what happened on Media Day, but we do recommend that you check out the YouTube channel. Our guy Alejandro Villegas, who was there with us producing, put up a ton of videos uh, from today behind the scenes stuff, some of the stand up interviews that were not just with the Five on the Floor folks, um, the podium interviews, they're all there. So go to the Five Reasons YouTube channel. You could literally spend two hours, you wouldn't get through all the content. So it's all there on the channel. In addition, you're going to be hearing here on the podcast feed over the next few days, the interviews that we conducted uh, and we were able to get Nikola Jovich and Josh Richardson. I think that's going to be the first one that we release. Uh, we we're also able to talk to Haywood Highsmith, Caleb Martin, Thomas Bryant. And who was this? Oh, and- R.J. Hampton. We got we got six players together. I'm gonna try to get Jaime Hawkins and Kevin Love as the week goes on. But we had about 10 to 15 minutes with all six of those players, and they said a lot of interesting things. And we're gonna get into some of that today, uh, even though you haven't heard the interviews yet. But we're gonna focus more on those who are at the podium. We're gonna go into five takeaways here, and uh, let's start with takeaway one. And it's gonna be Jimmy Butler, right? So let's just go with that everybody's laughing about the hair uh, his emo phase or whatever it is you want to call it, which a lot of this is just trolling. He wants to get, he wants to get that picture on the national television broadcast. He was upset last year that some of them didn't use it, even though they're supposed to use what happens on media day, but I'm going to go beyond that guys. Um, and we, we talked about this on a video we did after media day ended. I think there was a point to this. I think that Jimmy by, Making fun of the fact that everybody thinks he's supposed to be all emo and upset here was making the point that he's not. Um, He hears what's out there, even though he doesn't pay attention to it like a lot of others do, particularly he doesn't have rabbit ears like some superstars, like, say, I don't know, LeBron. I mean, that's not Jimmy. He's kind of doing his own thing. But I think he wanted to set the tone to keep it loose. Today And take the pressure off others by making this the topic of conversation. It's kind of like how for the Chiefs, the fact that they were almost beaten by Zach Wilson's Jets yesterday gets totally overwhelmed by the fact that Taylor Swift was in attendance. I felt like this was that kind of distraction. I turned on, I was, I was eating at like five o'clock. The local news was on at the place that I went to. And what were they talking about? Jimmy's hair. Uh, not not getting Dame, not not getting Drew. They were talking about Jimmy's hair. And so I kind of made the point, Greg, you weren't there today, but I just want to get your perspective on it. It does seem like that's what he's trying to do. He doesn't lead like your average guy. He leads by trolling. He leads by letting people know that that it's not getting to him and it's not going to get to his team.
3: And I think it was actually brilliant. I don't necessarily want to say that this was – 100% some sort of grand master plan by Jimmy Butler because I think he lives life a little bit more in the moment and a little bit more probably spontaneously than that. But I'll just say that like this is the type of stuff that helps in these situations because I think everyone kind of expected – and maybe some of this is because we live in the echo chamber and silo that is social media, Miami Heat fans uh, and media – Everyone expected uptight, something didn't get done. We should feel like kind of like something's wrong and guilty. Like there's just like that vibe, you know, around kind of the entire uh, experience going into it. And so for Jimmy to kind of let everybody relax, laugh, remember that as Pat Riley says, this is the toy department of human affairs. I thought was a great way to start this thing. I also thought that um, Bam and Tyler, which we'll get to, handled themselves really well. So ultimately, you got your top guys, um, most of them anyway, uh, and your you know your foundational pieces all looking aligned. And that's what you wanted. And Miami knew that that's what they get today. And I think ultimately when we look back at those negotiations that we're going to stop talking about forever, very shortly, part of it was because they knew a media day like today with any uncomfortable stuff that would be going on, they would handle just fine. And they did.
1: All right. Let's uh, one thought on Jimmy from each of you, Brady, Alex, something other than the hair that jumped out, Brady.
0: Mm, well did he even talk about anything other than hair i don't even remember him uh saying i mean he to, said that I, we'll I, see you in was,
1: june he said we'll, we'll no, see I, you in I, the just, finals nobody but, will take us seriously then right i think that was sort of the core point
0: no the big thing that was probably other than the media day stuff which was i think it was on nba tv was the fact that he said uh i'm gonna beat dame Giannis uh in the coach in milwaukee and take them all out and, and on our way to a championship." Like. People, I think, the people outside of Miami hated it. I think actually some people in Miami started to date when he he was, like, overly confident toward the end of that playoff run. But that was what led them. Like, when you were talking about leadership and how he leads in different ways, he leads by being overly confident, by making sure sure that in every given moment you think that you're going to win the championship and you know that you're going to win the championship this year. And That's what he does. He tries to strike uh, confidence within his team and fear on the outside. And I think the fact that, Instead of sitting here and, and being straight up about the boo-hoo about Damian Lillard, he makes a joke about it with the hair. But he's also saying, no, I'm now that Damian Lillard's a Milwaukee buck, I'm going to go beat Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee. So I think that was just a, a funny indication. Uh, and I think that as much as we talked about, like, I remember we had this conversation before about, like, the different media days. And, how like, Miami would always be aligned. Uh but I don't want to get too much into the other elements with Spo and the other ones because I'm sure we're going to hit on that. But they were all aligned. Like everything that everybody was speaking about was exactly like what everybody else was saying. So I think just that element of it, uh, and then him kind of making that declaration, trying to instill that confidence, was important.
1: Well, everybody was aligned except we don't know about one guy because he didn't speak. We'll get to that a little bit later. That's going to be one of the five takeaways. Uh, I, I will say this just at the top: for those who are concerned about Jimmy's mind state going into this, you know, I can tell you that he he is very aligned with pat riley eric spolstra and Andy ellisberg I, I don't think that anything has changed in that regard um we could talk about the the organization's willingness to spend you know <laughs> it, you know a lot of money and and maybe that becomes something that's an issue here as we go forward but as of right now i haven't heard of any issues uh between him pat andy and certainly not with spo um alex uh, anything else jump out with you from jimmy
2: no honestly I just thought like you guys said it it was it was just a brilliant way to kind of um I think get the best of both worlds which I mean right we're like you're getting both sides you're getting the the, the full on humor you know lightening things up everybody you know just getting everybody laughing and smiling it was just hel- like I, you know as a reporter covering that and you know just having a guy walk into media day you know after this whole saga just unfolded after they lost the finals before that right it's just an entire room of media members laughing and he's over here saying yeah yeah laugh it up like it's just like where else is that happening in the league this guy is just trolling people and he's also doing it in a way where you know he's like addressing the name thing without directly saying it so he's like joking and and while also joking about it which I'm sure he was disappointed that it didn't you know work out in, in the heat's favor but you know, you also know because of what he says every year that he believes this year is the year. And I believe him when he says it, like I don't like, yes, he, he's doing performance art with some of the character stuff, the trolling. But when he says these things, I 100 percent believe that he believes. in. I think, you know, after seeing him do this year after year in the playoffs, it's like, OK, yeah, this guy means business. And I just think it's so hilarious, like the juxtaposition, because like just trying to imagine like another star who maybe doesn't perform well in the playoffs doing this on media day is hilarious. Like maybe like a James Harden or something, but because you have Jimmy Butler doing it, right. It's like, yeah, this guy, he he can get away with it. Like he just goes and plays like, you know, MJ light every other playoff run. And, and he's the one setting the tone. I I just, I thought it was a brilliant way to kind of, you know, start this whole season off after what, what was a dragging long summer
1: well i I think what he's able to do that other stars in the league aren't given the license to do and i think part of it is because the expectations on him have always been so low compared to the other stars because he didn't come in as a star he came in as the 30th overall pick not starting a game in his rookie season and obviously we know the backstory going to junior college and all the rest of this he can turn convention on its head because he doesn't care about any of it like he he didn't come in with that kind of expectation lebron like you like Wemby's not going to be able to do that right luca couldn't do that you know some of these other guys can't do that jimmy can do that because nobody ever expects anything from jimmy until he actually ends up doing it and they try to figure out how the hell he did it and he does obviously have a sense of humor with it so it helps bam's quote as greg just put in the chat here he's just misunderstood it this is a phase he's going through at 34 you just got to let him go through his phases I mean, they they do kind of, to a certain extent, they they laugh at it. They roll their eyes at it. uh, But they also know that when they have him on their side, they have a chance. And I think that's what he was trying to express today. If he had come in kind of just as Jimmy Butler and there was the slightest hint of sullenness, people would have picked up on it. But when you're coming in with that hair looking that ridiculous, like there's really nothing anybody can take from it. From like a narrative perspective, other than what we took, which is that he was just basically trying to deflect a little bit, have a little fun. And and so it did not become the dour experience that everybody thought it was going to be. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect with this team, but I did think it set the right tone. But speaking of tone, let's go to, before we go to the break, let's go to Spolstra next, because there's one phrase he kept saying. We talked about it on the post-game video, which was, we're one of those teams he didn't guarantee a championship he spit back at the critics a little bit you know it said made there was a long quote in there where he talked about how they won't understand how we got there again something along those lines but he just kept saying we're one of those teams okay he didn't say winning or misery which is like a pack quote he didn't make it like that dichotomy like if you win the championship and then that's it and if you don't it's a total failure of a season, but he's basically saying I'm going into training camp with a chance. And he did say there are seasons you go in and you know, you're not one of those teams. He's had some of those seasons with rosters. I do believe he thinks this is one of those teams. I don't think he believes they're the favorite, but I think he thinks they've got as Dame used to say in Portland, give me a puncher's chance. I feel like he feels like he has a puncher's chance with this roster. Cause it does fit into his principles. He wants versatility he wants guys that are going to work, and then he'll kind of figure the rest out as the season goes. So I thought that was the tone he said today. Brady, was there anything else that jumped out to you for specifically from Spo?
0: I'll just say to, to follow on your one of those themes thing. Like, I just thought Alex said on the fact that, like, when Jimmy speaks and you, like, believe what he's saying, like, I feel like that's the same thing with Spo. Like, when he starts saying something like that, even fans start to buy in, even though when they, they, they start getting annoyed with this run it back type roster, quote unquote, I think. And they hear Spo talk about what he could do with this team. They're like, oh, wait, hold on. We've seen this before. Uh, and what he means when he says one of those teams is just get me to the playoffs. Like if you get me to the dance and I and we're in the same bracket and bunch as every other team in the Eastern Conference, we know what we're capable of when it comes down to it. When I have Jimmy Butler on my side, I have Eric Spolscher, the best coach in basketball. And and as he said, one of the best two-way players and one of the best 2 guards. Uh, in the sport. So I thought that was uh, an interesting way of going about it. I'm trying to think of uh, rotation stuff. He didn't really hit on too much because they're not going to say anything until camp plays out. And I think that's important because uh, I remember, Ethan, when you talked to some people in the organization, you said to us about Jovic uh, and Akis kind of being on the outside looking in. And part of the reason that I feel like you're labeling it as that, or they're labeling it as that, is they're saying, Jovic, Akis. Go beat out the guy in front of you. Like, go earn your spot in the rotation. Go do that. So Spoh is going to keep throwing out that message. And as I said earlier, when we kind of did our wrap-up thing, they sent it to Tyler Hero last year. They told Tyler Hero to go earn his starting lineup spot. So if you're thinking if they're going to do that, they're going to tell the guys that didn't play last year, Jovic and Hawkins, that they have to go earn their roster spot. So I think that's a good way of going about it. Uh, but he seems, I guess, when I asked about Jovic, he talked about certain things, I guess, the, the growth of him. He said that he he was calling this maybe his his rookie year in his eyes, just because of the fact that he he was injured last year. Uh I know the injury played a little part in it. I think there was other stuff, the fact that they, he just wasn't cracking the rotation certain sort of parts of the season. Uh, but I think there is a little bit of realization that they are at the point now where they have to see what they have, as we talked about in that other pod, like that that reached that ceiling. Uh, but I just the overall takeaway was the fact that I think I think it's a good attitude going into camp that they're making these guys earn it. All right. I want to let
1: you guys get in on the other guys here. So I'm going to pivot here a little bit and I'm going to go, I'll go to Alex on this one. I want to, I want to talk about Tyler. Because um, Tyler came in today and he was a big concern for a lot of heat fans. We told you not to be particularly concerned about it. I asked him flat out. I said, it seems like you got a sense of humor about this. And he said, I'm ready to roll. Um, there's a defiance to him that we anticipated then there was the quote that he gave to ESPN West Palm today. I think it was them that he said this to, where he essentially said he didn't think about Portland because he thinks he thinks about teams what, that are winners or are going to win. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, it did seem like like Tyler is embracing Alex the villain thing a little bit, not with Heat fans, but the way he's been painted around the league that like he's the piece nobody wants, right? Even though that wasn't true was a Portland thing. There were other teams that wanted him. And that essentially, you know, he's going to come out with this attitude that uh, he's going to start trying to rip the nets from the very beginning of this season. Uh, I thought the other thing that stuck out to me about what he said, because it's a little bit counter to what we heard at the time, was that he couldn't have played in the finals. I thought that was interesting. He said he wasn't really healthy until a month after the finals, there was conversation about him suiting up during that series and the frustrations both ways. So I guess that was his way of kind of shooting it down. What jumped out to you from Tyler today?
2: Um, Honestly, just seeing him handle this, like I, I think he's already handled it pretty well on social media. I think just, you know, him having a sense of humor about it and, you know, saying, you know, he survived another summer and, I just think kind of poking some fun here and there at him being involved in trade talks um, for so much of his career and, you know, even going as far to say that, you know, since he's from Wisconsin, he's going to have to, you know, get a Dame jersey, a Dame Bucks jersey, and all that like, he, I, you know, I, I think he's looking at it the right way and I do think hundred percent based on what we know about Tyler and just his demeanor and the way that he plays. I really do believe he's going to channel that and just use that, you know, all the, Sportsy chip on the shoulder talk I 100% believe it applies because that's the type of stuff that athletes use to motivate themselves and not every you know every player is the same they're not everybody has different motivations I'm not trying to do that but I do think Tyler is the type of guy just in my opinion who who will channel that he seems like the guy who you know he listens and and reads a lot of stuff that people are saying and then uses it and and I do believe he wants to prove people wrong I I, you know I said earlier I, I feel like um, He would have came into the season with with a chip on his shoulder already just because of what happened with the last playoffs, you know, getting hurt in game one, diving for a loose ball, the playoffs before getting hurt in the middle of the playoffs. Like he had plenty of a plenty of motive and motivation to to have a chip on his shoulder already. And that's before you get into all the Dame stuff. And again, he's been in these rumors his entire career since the since the first summer he was drafted. He's been thrown around wet, all, all these, you know, to different degrees. It's not that they were going to offer him every year, but the, the name gets thrown around in headlines every single summer. So I just think he's going to use this as he has before. And I think, as he said today, he, he said that today was kind of like, I mean, not today, Um, the Dame situation was kind of the first time that he felt like it, it might have happened, that he might have gotten traded. And so, yeah, like I, if he came out and firing and, and averaged 24, 25 points per game, I wouldn't be very surprised. I think he's going to take a whole lot of shots. I think he's going to have a similar Usage and similar role, despite being labeled point guard, most likely, but he's going to come out firing and want to show people, yeah, like I'm that guy, like, look at what I can do. I, he's just going to do what he does really well, and I think he's going to do it, you know, better than he has.
1: Well, the question will be what position he plays, and we'll get into that when we get to our fifth takeaway today. But Greg, before I go to break and then we're going to talk about Bam and the one guy who did not speak today, uh, any thoughts on Spo or Tyler that kind of jump out to you?
3: Uh, Spoh, not so much. I think you guys summed that up. So I'll be quick. Tyler, I get the sense that this is a guy that's gearing up for a 23, 24, 25 point per game type season. I think that also they need that from him. We talked about what would raise the ceiling the most. And I got, um, I was, uh, chastised by Ethan for my cop out answer, but Tyler hero, (laughs) ultimately, if he does take that, um, next, step and he scores like that. I think it will make a lot of heat fans forget about the deficiencies on offense that we all presume may plague them again. So for me, uh I am going to lean into the take Tyler Hero is going to be a 23, 24, 25 point per game scorer this
2: season.
1: Well, Calling it now. Here's the Here's the other part of that. You know, you did bring in Josh, who we're, we're going to talk about a lot more because we've got the, you know, we we got a podcast with him that's going to be going up here uh, within 12 hours as well. But you don't have Max, you don't have Gabe, and you don't have Oladipo. And these were all guys that were going to soak up shots and minutes, uh, you know, from Tyler, and none of them are here anymore. So this idea last year that maybe there was a little bit of frustration with him being put in the starting lineup and how that was going to fit. There's no other option <laughs> right now. Uh, Tyler has to start he has to shoot a lot and he has to play well like this is a necessity it's not it's not a okay has he earned this so he felt he earned it we felt he earned it we thought it would be a little bit of a transition with him in the starting lineup but at this point there's no turning back like this is this is their two guard as Spo said even though he may end up playing a lot of point guard, which is something we'll get into in a second. We do want to mention a great new sponsor of the five reasons sports network. You're going to hear a lot about this place because we're going to be hosting parties there. We're going to be doing all kinds of things. We're going to have a 2k tournament there. We'll to let Brady and Alex battle it out. Here's what we want to tell you about this place. It's called rock Esports lounge. They are down in or Rocky sports center. I'm sorry, but it is a center and a lounge. Alex and I visited. It's just a great place. Okay. Not only can you play games there, they've got a food menu there they've got they've got all kinds of stuff okay they've got snacks they've got everything um, and this is the place that you want to go to eat drink and play all day so head over to Miami's first gaming lounge Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay. They've got a 5,500 square foot. It's a big place, and there's plenty of parking. That's the other great thing. State-of-the-art center equipped with the high-end power of industry titans, Corsair, and Origin PC. Play all-day passes are available for just $25. All day $25. And they've got other deals there as well. Professional-level gaming at the most affordable price in town. And here's the best part. It's not even 25 if you mention us. Mention 5 Reasons or 5 RSN and you get 5 bucks off your first purchase over 20 bucks. So check them out. It's the Rock Esports Center. Again, this is just an introduction because we're going to be doing a whole lot of stuff with them this season. I believe actually starting on October 27th for that game against the Celtics. So we'll tell you more about that. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products, and that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handled. I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard so better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash 5. That's harrys.com backslash 5. You'll get a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. harrys.com backslash 5 for your $3 trial set.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. The you are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.
1: All right, let's do this one a little quicker because I, I didn't think he said a lot that was too dramatic today, even though he is the most accommodating heat star, I think, that they've had since Dwayne, uh, which is BAM. And um, BAM was there all day, three hours interacting with people. Um, I didn't get a whole lot new, though, I guess. Am I, was I missing something? Like, I asked him about the three-point shooting. And he wasn't as definitive as he was last year. I was just kind of curious where he'd be He sort of blended that into other things he wanted to do as part of his game. He joked around about Jimmy a little bit. I know he spoke on the side to a couple of the reporters about Dame, Um, but I I don't know. I, I just feel like he's, he's in his own skin right now. He feels very comfortable where he's at. I guess the one thing I would take away is he spoke about being, wanting to be more of a leader without UD there. And, That's going to fold into our fifth takeaway here, but it seems like that's what this team is going to be looking for in the first third of the season is where's the leadership going to come from? Who is going to be the UD who not only can prop guys up, but also can put them in their place when necessary. Jimmy can do the last part. Bam does the propping up. And now he's got Jay rich back with him. But it did seem like a lot of guys were talking about K love as being that leader today because of his experience but it seems like it has to be bam ultimately, doesn't it? And that's the biggest thing that jumped out to me. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on that before I go to
3: Brady. I think you're dead on Kevin Love, as great as he's been for the locker room and as accomplished as he's been, he's just not, like, let's just be honest about it. Like, he's not a tenured Miami Heat DNA guy that's go- that's going to necessarily be able to say those words and it permeate throughout the locker room as um, as fact, right? This is Bam's moment. This is where Bam takes control of the organization from the perspective of not only propping guys up but holding them accountable to the standard. Make the standard the bad guy. Bam Adebayo doesn't have to be the bad guy. Heat culture and the standards that have been set in place that were put in place by Udonis, make those the bad guy. I think he'll get a lot of um, the – Uh, support of the organization. And frankly, I bet the players know what time it is too. There's a lot of guys that come to Miami because they want that kind of stuff. And so I think you're, what you don't have is um, a team that's coming together of a bunch of guys on one year contracts. And you don't know if everyone's going to buy in, these guys are going to buy in. So to me, that is now with Udonis stepping out and him really anointing Bam Alonzo saying things about Bam Adebayo one day being the 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 torchbearer of the franchise. That time is now for Bam Adebayo. It's more stuff on his damn plate, which is all the more while we talk about we want them to get reinforcements because how much can you ask a guy to do but he can handle it. And I think so this is that moment where he actually becomes um like this is the type of stuff Ethan where heat fans will put him in trade machine. But if he takes this and runs with it, he'll become untouchable.
1: I mean, that is the big thing, though. It's the holding others accountable, right? Because, again, you know that he's going to prop them up, but is he going to be the bad guy when he needs to be? Because that's what UD was willing to be, and I think that's where the full transition comes. Um, Alex Brady, any, any one thing from a basketball perspective that he mentioned today?
0: I was going to say, uh, in response to your question, I'm just glad that he didn't go the route in terms of uh, saying I'm going to shoot this many threes a game or something just because he's done it in past years and kind of put that target on his back where I don't think he needs to do that. And I don't think many people want to hear that, but I keep saying it's like, it doesn't make sense for him to say, and it doesn't really even make sense for him to do at this point in his career. Uh, Like I'm not saying like he can't ever shoot threes, but it just feels like at this stage with his current development, he shouldn't be going south. He should be going north, and that's what he continues to do. He needs to be going toward the rim more. He needs to kind of polish up other counters in the mid range. Uh, Ethan, we talked about before about him swinging the ball low, like maybe bringing the ball higher when he has it in the middle of the lane, uh, instead of having that the dotted line pull up. Maybe he has like a little under the wing pull up. Like all of that stuff changes things for a Heat offense. Bam taking one to two threes a game from the top of the key does nothing. Like, it doesn't change. It doesn't change the respect of a defender. It doesn't move a defense. It doesn't do anything really to this this Heat offense that I think many think it would. Uh, in the long term, maybe it changes things if he could ramp up and eventually get to that point. But this Heat team is never going to be about the long term, especially when you're talking about a guy like being able to buy away. Everything is about the short term and working now. We're getting better right now. So I'm just glad that he didn't kind of put that target on his back. And I'll say the other thing real quickly before Alex kind of hit on the basketball thing was I think – the only interesting part is the fact I think he's the most open about the Damian Lillard stuff, whereas, like, uh. he seems like the most honest. Like, I'm not saying the other guys because a lot of the younger guys, too, that have been in the trade talks, they were pretty honest about it. But in terms of, like, Bam's just going to tell it how it is and what's going on, and he's not, like, really shying away from it. Like, he's not he's not even playing both sides. He's just going to tell it how it is. So I think that's what a vocal leader needs to do. Like, a vocal leader needs to just call it how it is and kind of move past it is kind of what they're doing right now
1: well see i think he was the most caught in between for all of this because he has a friendship with tyler and, and an on-court relationship with tyler he's seen other guys come and go like you said he got one of his brothers back in jay rich but gabe is gone now djj has left you know so guys who he's been really close to uh but the the other part of it is not only was he kind of caught in the middle. But I think he wants to be Dwayne in that sense. Like, I, I feel like one, of we talk about the torch being passed to him, and some of it is the leadership stuff that Zoe and UD have talked about, but some of it is also being the standard bearer of the Heat organization for outsiders, the recruiter, the one who's going to bring people in, because I don't really think that's something that's going to be a long-term role here for Jimmy. It's more BAM. It's BAM kind of instilling the culture, not only internally, but also outside and the reality is, look, Bam you know, has a close relationship with Donovan Mitchell. For one reason or another, they didn't get him. He has a close relationship with Dame Lillard. For one reason or another, they didn't get him. And so, you know, for as much as people are like, okay, well, Bam being the attraction, which he is for so many of these other players, but it he hasn't for paid KD off also. Yet. And for KD too, right. So I, I think he wants it to pay off for him, but it hasn't yet. And and so I think that's another reason he kind of got caught in the middle here because the fans want him to do that, but then that's going to be at the cost of a player that he's kind of grown close with on and off the court, which is Tyler. And I, I so I think that that, that's part of it. I want to get to the fifth guy here real quick. So Alex, just real quick, anything on Bam that jumped out?
2: No, I, I agree with you that he really, I don't think said much that stood out. And I agree with Brady that um, I think he needs to be going more North than South. You know, I wouldn't mind a, a three or two a game, but again, it does not change the shape of your offense and it doesn't change the, the scouting report. Like, sure, Bam could space to the floor while Jimmy is driving. And sure, but but again, how how much are they going to respect that versus a Jimmy drive, which is 100 times more lethal, to be fair. Like, I'm sure, uh, you know, Bam can shoot it a little bit, but whatever. Otherwise, I do think, um, you know, I asked him about Josh and him having him back and all that. And I think he kind of, you know, he, he got a smile on his face when just at the rich again and he said that you know he's gonna shock some people so i think you know at least bam got that right like he's he's lost some friends over the years from the roster um hasn't been able to bring on these guys um who who you were just referring to and by the way he was asked today about whether or not he's gonna play in the olympics and he said that you know he's got a whole season to play before he commits to that but he had a little bit of a like a smile on his face when he said it, I don't know if you guys picked up on that. I feel like he was like I, kind I of laying it out. There. It. Me too. Yeah,
1: I, I think he's gonna be there. I I, I do. I yeah. think that's gonna be something he pushed. I think he knows he should be there. And as a result, him. he will be there. And that helps with that also. All right. So the fifth takeaway today is we don't have any quotes to talk about. Uh, because the only player who was there today who did not speak to the media was Kyle Lowry. And I you know, we could do a whole podcast on this because there's there's a lot of stuff here, and we've talked about what Kyle's role may be. Um, I can say that nobody we spoke to or anybody on the podium referred to the Heat having a starting point guard today, one way or the other. Whenever uh, it came up with, with Hero or Richardson, we asked Josh when Tyler was asked about it. They kind of talked about you know ball handling by committee that hasn't really been decided yet. Even Bam said he would be a backup ball handler. We know Jimmy is going to do a lot of it. But, you know, you've got a $28 million, $29 million point guard in the last year's contract. And we told you that we didn't think Kyle was going to be a starter regardless, that that's not what the signal has been from the team, that it would be more sort of leading the bench unit um, and maybe finishing some games. So that's, it's not a huge surprise in that sense. It's also not a huge surprise that Kyle didn't speak to the media because he really hasn't kind of done a whole lot of media outreach since he's been in Miami as compared to where he, when he was in Toronto, but he did speak last year. Um, It didn't go over so well with some because he kind of said he didn't really care as much. Well, he hadn't heard, right, what what Pat had said about the conditioning. But today there was nothing other than him reporting. And then he was joking around with players behind the scenes. And he was even joking around with Jovic when we were doing our interview with Jovic. I I guess I'll I'll start with you, Greg, because I know you have some definitive thoughts on
3: this. Um, Where do you think it's at right now? So this is where I'm at. Why Why didn't Kyle speak, right? He spoke last summer in the Bahamas. It was brief, and it was not something, I guess, obviously, that the Heat would have loved to have had him say um, overall. Not that it was anything that controversial, but ultimately, I bet that they wish he hadn't spoke. Why didn't he speak today? I think it's a, a, a mix of probably both of them not wanting them to speak because – i don't believe that the miami heat organization and kyle lowry are aligned i think that they uh both probably uh would acknowledge privately that a um divorce would be the healthiest thing for all parties involved and so i just stand at a place where when i look at his expiring contract i find it hard to look at the players on this roster look at the guys who left look who who you have and say, what the hell are we doing here? Why are we acting like this is going to work in any capacity? Flip him for at least something that is also expiring if you don't want to go further into the tax with longer-term deals, which is another conversation. So to me, I just think if he's not going to be a part of the team, if hes I mean, you have a 37-year-old point guard that you you signed him to be your quarterback. Do you all remember the QB1 stuff? QB1? I I am correct me if I'm wrong. i yeah, the QB2 now. I remember them tweets. Where so you at, where's that quarterback today? Where's that veteran quarterback coming off of a finals run run? Where's that guy talking about um, molding the young players and helping them develop like all heat players do? He it's not saying any of that stuff. He's not bought in. I think that the best thing would be for him to be traded. Unfortunately, I think the best return they could get for Kyle would involve them taking a player. I'm going to just use this as a total example. This is a fake trade. Terry Rozier, he could help a ton off the bench, but you know what? He has an extra year or two on his deal, and I don't know that that's going to be what Miami looks for. I think they're going to want expiring for expiring, and I hope that they pull that off because this team – deserves a $30 million chunk of their salary cap to be a functional part of the basketball team and not just somebody behind the scenes giving high fives and butt slaps on media day.
1: You had reported that they offered him and two second round picks for Drew, um, who they didn't end up getting, obviously. Cronin really sent him to for what was probably a better... Better return Boston. Uh, two first-round picks and, and Lowry for Drew. Um, that's that's what you reported. Also reporting that there's some interest in a Detroit package. We've talked about that package a little bit. Uh, that would be maybe Bogdanovich and, and Monte Morris uh, while giving up a first-round pick. Morris would essentially become soak up some of those minutes as, as a ball handler then if he did that. Uh, whether Detroit would give you a Bogdanovich or want to give you a Joe Harris, or, you know, there's a lot of different variations of this deal. I, I just want to be a little careful because I know I haven't been, you know, the biggest, you know, sort of Kyle Lowry backer, you know, d- during this period of time, but I, I want to give it a couple days of media of, of training camp to kind of see where it's at. And, and, and the reason for that is, uh, you know, y- y- you see him not talking to the media, but he was interacting on some of the videos that the heat put out with other players. And so It could just be he doesn't want to deal with us. I mean, it could just be he doesn't like us. I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot of media since he's come down. Again, nothing similar to what he did in Toronto. And even last year, he did speak at Media Day, but then he didn't speak for like the first three days in the Bahamas. Then he did address the media. So I want to give it a couple days to play out. I can just say this, okay? My sense, Greg, is similar to yours based on information that I've heard um, that essentially – you know, again, I think a separation would probably be best at this stage. I think Kyle did provide things in the playoffs. Um, he did have, you know, a few good games and moments that mattered. But uh, we're going to go back to the beginning of this. Again, it was not this was not what was supposed to happen. The Heat knew that the third year could be problematic. They had to outbid teams like New Orleans, Philadelphia, etc., uh, to get in the mix for him. Dallas, uh, Jimmy wanted him. Again, there was a full acknowledgement around Jimmy that 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 this was a player that they wanted. They targeted. They targeted him in large part because of Jimmy. The biggest frustration for me is that we never saw the Jimmy Kyle chemistry develop on the court to the level that we believed based on their off the court relationship and the fact that they had played together in international competition. It just never really happened. It didn't seem like they it was one plus one equals three. And now here we're in the third year, and you're right. It's not just that he's not a starting point guard, because I don't know that they guaranteed he would be a starting point guard by their third year. Look, Tim Hardaway was cooked at the end, and they had to move him. This has happened to them before. But I think it's that, you know, again, we're talking to other players today, and nobody's sort of mentioning – when we say there's a point guard hole, they're all kind of acknowledging it. Like nobody nobody was kind of saying, but we have Kyle to start. Like that – and the other thing about it was too that – you know, they were all talking about Kevin Love taking on that leadership role. We just got into this on Playback. Well, Kevin's been here like, I mean, he was here for like three months, right? And now I know he's had an off season with the group, but, you know, they're paying Kevin a pittance compared to what they're paying, you know, Kevin uh, Kyle Lowry, right? And the fact that like relying on Kevin for that, when we know Kevin is nowhere, oh, like Kyle is nowhere near the player that he used to be. It, it does feel like, an in, in omission. It's an omission that jumped out today. That's all. Um, because really at this stage, if he wasn't going to be the player that he was before, you just wanted him to be the leader that he was before. And again, I don't sense any problems between him and his teammates or anything like that. It could just be a media thing. We're not saying there's any issue between him and his teammates, but it just, right. It just has never seemed like complete alignment. I think there's alignment with the coach. I don't know that there's alignment with the organization as a whole. And I, I feel like that's, kind of cast a cloud over all this and and look if if he would be happier somewhere else and the Heat would be able to get someone who like is hungry to be here then it probably would be best for all parties I'll let the two of you guys close because again I I, I've been through enough of these to, to not overreact to a guy not wanting to talk to us it could just be personal with us honestly or not wanting to say the wrong thing today but Kyle Lowry's been in this game a long time he was the team leader in Toronto like Clearly, he took all the media bullets up in Toronto. He developed great relationships with the media as a result of it. I was there for a Kyle Lowry press conference during the 2016 finals where he missed like 17 of 19 shots against the Heat, and it was at their practice facility. I've never seen someone be so accountable as Kyle was. It was incredible. I was incredibly impressed, and they ended up winning that series against the Heat, and Kyle had a whole lot to do with it. So it is weird to see him sort of at the end There's no way to put it. I mean, he's the only guy who ducked the media today, honestly. Um, Brady, Alex, any thoughts?
0: Well, you said before um, about him going from QB1 to QB2. In my head, I'm like, he's – it's almost – that's not even the scenario. It's like the QB1 getting benched and then, like, going to Wildcat full on. Like, that's because there's no QB1 on the roster. Like, that's what this is. So I think that's what makes this so weird. Uh, and I think in, in terms of, like, I'm a firm believer that I think if Kyle was on the roster and buys into the role, I think he makes a lot of sense off the bench. Like, I think around the Calebs of the world and the Duncans of the world and the young guys, like, that is the guy that they need. But it's also it is funny, uh, I to your point, out of all the things you were saying, the vocal leader thing among, like, players not mentioning that didn't, uh, until, like, you brought it up, like, halfway through the day, it didn't even cross my mind that whenever that question was asked like a hundred times, his name really didn't come up. And it was wild because that's kind of the first guy you would think would come. Up. Like he's the the natural leader that you would think have to do that. But then once you see a scenario, I guess, where he doesn't talk in a terms of when it's a day of like literally taking bullets because of all the trade talks out there, it's kind of valid to see why it went in that direction. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a weird scenario. The point guard, we, I asked Tyler about it. He did mention – kyle at the beginning and said yeah we have kyle but he kind of mentioned after that it's like he's like it's gonna be a lot of ball handling duties for me jay rich caleb jimmy bam like uh, us five have to kind of just all take turns and kind of go around a little bit when i brought it up to josh on our podcast you'll hear it probably a little bit later he was like i didn't even think about the fact that we have point guard issues he's like it it is good i don't even know who's gonna play point guard and it's like they're really like in their head trying to figure out who's gonna play point guard but there really is only one point guard on the roster. We don't really even know what his role is going to be. So it is a little bit awkward. It's a little, it is a little bit weird. But once again, like there is still training camp ahead of us where things can kind of play in a little bit. And like I said before, if he does buy into that role, they could very well use it. Because you're talking about training him and moving on. Like, yeah, you're going to need another point guard, obviously. Because it, like they need a Kyle Lowry on this team. Like not Kyle Lowry, I'm saying specifically, but a Kyle Lowry type. They need a passive set up, getting you in your actions, getting you comfortable type of guy. That's kind of the one main thing that is blank on the roster.
1: We've gone too long today. So I'm just going to close with this. Players know the temperature in the locker room. They know like they hear everything. They're talking to other guys so it was striking i i i'm with you on this completely brady his absence from their conversation was more definitive to me than his absence from speaking to the media that that jumps out to me more the media thing he just doesn't he just doesn't want to do it with us for whatever reason it reminds me a lot of Dwayne in chicago and the stuff that I would hear up there, and I would be like, wait a second, Dwayne's difficult? Like, really? Like, <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne was... I, I've no, i I've covered Dwayne since his first Summer League game. Dwayne's not difficult with anybody. And they're like, no, he really doesn't seem like he wants to be here. It, it has felt like that with Kyle from pretty much Jump Street. And so, you know, that's kind of where we're at now. But the fact that he wasn't really mentioned by the other players, it, it's, you know, because they've seen the trade rumors, but it's beyond the trade rumors. I, I think it's just... It, it just feels... Different, like really, he's the third highest paid player on the team. You would have thought he would have been one of the three at the podium today. Instead, the third guy was Tyler. So just leave it there. All right, we're going to want to thank our sponsors, Rock Esports Center. We will tell you much more about them going forward. All pro construction builders. We always mention prize picks. Use the code five. Plenty of content coming. We'll be up at training camp in Boca starting on Tuesday.